Hey everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Bar Talk, the podcast everyone has been waiting to hear, presented by the North Carolina State Bar. I am your co-host, Brian Oten. I'm the Director for Ethics and Special Programs here at the State Bar. And I am Peter Bolak, the Assistant Director here at the Bar. And we are here to talk with you about the January quarterly meeting of the North Carolina State Bar Council. We held the first State Bar Council meeting of 2020 here in Raleigh. And we had a number of different committee meetings and events that we want to uh, update you all on. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't point out one of the, the best events of the, the week, uh, which was the joint dinner that the bar held with the Bar Association. Uh, now, for those of you out there that are listening, I'm hoping you all know that the state bar is different from the Bar Association. Peter has gone around the state uh, telling everybody that we are different. But, Peter, in your experience, have you uh, noticed that people still confuse us? That. Yeah, yeah, that's that's typically the the my first goal and and major goal of any CLE is like if we leave with you guys knowing there's a difference between the bar and the state bar and the North Carolina Bar Association, then we will achieve something. No, yeah. no, wait, no, no. This year, it was the state bar's turn to host, and we uh, held this dinner uh, with the Bar Association, and really one of the best things about this dinner is not just the chance for the two organizations to get together and interact and, um, and just get to know each other a little bit better, but also that there's a presentation of the Chief Justice's Commission on Professionalism Award. Uh, so this year, we had three recipients. Peter, do you have those? Yeah, I mean, really, what a class. Uh, the three recipients this year were... Uh the Honorable Justice Patricia Timmons Goodson, the Honorable Fred Lind, and uh, legendary civil rights lawyer James Fergie Ferguson from Charlotte. Uh, it was just uh, it was a great event to be able to, especially to hear them speak and, and talk about their experiences and what professionalism means to them. And it was an honor for, I think, I speak for me and Brian, uh, the, we're, we're uh, still relatively younger lawyers to just to be in the same room as some of these legends was really worthwhile. Yeah, it was really a great event. So uh, we, um, of course, the the week was not filled with uh, just a, a dinner and, and these great presentations. We had some uh, committee meetings, which I know everyone is just so excited as you're listening to this podcast. Perhaps you're driving to work. Maybe you're walking down the street to the courthouse, or maybe you are uh, working out. Uh, or you're intensely. an insomniac or and you're you an want insomniac. something to get to sleep. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, all of those are, are options for, for listening to this. But that being said, you know, one of the things that we want to do here at the bar is make sure that you the profession, the public, whoever's listening, uh, are aware of what's going on at the state bar because the last thing that anybody at the bar wants folks to think is that the state bar and the regulation of the profession is conducted by a bunch of people in a building in downtown Raleigh. Uh, there's a lot of different committees that meet. There's a lot of lawyers from across the state that get together and participate in this. And this is our opportunity to share with you what's happening, uh, let you know what's going on so you can participate, perhaps offer some comments or feedback, uh, and just generally know what's going on with our profession. What's our first topic? So the first topic, uh, we're going to talk about the, the committee that's been appointed to review the ABA amendments to the rules on advertising. Now, woo, woo, woo. Be before, before you go and just 
turn this thing off before you start skipping ahead 15 seconds trying to get to the next segment. Let me just make this really quick and tell you that this is this is going to be important to you uh, in a couple of months. So back in 2018, just as a bit of background, the ABA amended the model rules of professional conduct on advertising. There was, <laughs> I'm not going to get into the details, but I'll just tell you that their general thought was that, and I have to say I agree with this, the rules on advertising were written when advertising was in a different medium entirely. We were talking about uh, newspaper ads and uh, telephone calls and things of that nature, and the internet has changed everything. So the rules have tried to play some catch-up. Their attempt to uh, uh, amend the rules has been that catch-up here. So uh, what we are doing at the North Carolina State Bar, we've looked at those amendments, and we've been studying those amendments for about 18 months now. Uh, and we have been looking at every single word, determining which amendments we think we want to adopt. Every North single Carolina. word. Yeah, and I really mean every single word uh, of the, both the text and the comments. The bottom line is that we are approaching the end. I'm happy to say that we are uh, nearly through with our study, and we anticipate in April uh, at the State Bar's next quarterly meeting to present a report, a summary of the recommendations that this committee is making with regards to those amendments. There are a number of amendments that we are recommending uh, be carried over from the model rules to the North Carolina rules. And then there's some amendments that we are recommending uh, that are a little more specific to our state because, of course, we don't want to just kind of have this blanket pull over of the model rules to North Carolina. We want to adopt rules that are appropriate uh, and fitting for the profession here in North Carolina. So keep an eye out for that. I know that's a huge teaser and a lot of people are excited right now. How are we going to sleep between now and April? <laughs> well, you, you'll probably sleep just fine. Listening just to the listen, listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, uh, the bottom line is you know, the, when these things do come out, we really want folks to take a look at this, and I'll I'll issue this uh, this little uh, challenge. I dare you to look at the the proposed amendments and not have an opinion. So the next thing that we the would like to update you all on. The state bar has issues. The state bar has many issues, particularly they have an issues committee. Peter, do you want to go over yeah. some of those issues? Yeah, and we'll ju- we're just going to kind of quickly talk about them because we'll be spending uh, at other meetings this year, probably getting into a little more uh, details about them. There's three major uh, issues that the the that we're going to be looking at this year. First is going to be uh, looking at different models of regulation from across the country. Uh, are there new things that are being done at different states that we should be looking at here in North Carolina? Things like uh, non-lawyer ownership of law firms or um, limited uh, licensed uh, paralegals that have ability to do limited uh, uh, types of law practice um, that some states out west uh, like Utah, California, Washington have been doing that we, we feel like we just need to do a quick study a study on to see see what's happening. There's no intent to make any changes right now, but we think uh, it's, a, it's a good idea to understand what's happened, especially if these changes start creeping eastward and we need to be able to react. We'd like to be able to do it proactively instead of reactively. This is not a committee designed to uh, take action or or implement any sort of changes. We just want to study what's going on and uh, be ready uh, should the need arise to uh, to adopt some of these uh, these new ideas. The second issue is one that I'm not entirely familiar with, but I assume we will become familiar with throughout the year. Is this idea of proportional discovery? I know that this is a uh, an issue that has been dealt with in the federal system that. Uh, 
changes the uh, limits the amount of discovery that can be done in certain cases based off of the amount in controversy uh, and whether or not that needs to be something that is looked at for North Carolina so that there aren't uh, lawsuits that maybe, for example, are a $15,000 lawsuit and you end up doing fifty, hundred thousand dollars worth of discovery and kind of uh, take make it hard for anyone to actually uh, retain and keep have representation because they can't afford that level of discovery. Uh, we're we're looking at it at the bar because it's an ac- as an access issue, um, uh, wh- and also as a fee issue. Whether there's kind of an excessive fee issue there, um, uh, the bar has the rule on on not charging those um, clearly excessive fees or um, unreasonably excessive fees. And so uh, that's the angle we're looking at it. But again, it's a study to see, uh, is there anything that needs to be done? And if so, who should be the entity that makes and pushes those changes? Right. And the third issue that the State Bar Council is going to study in 2020, uh, and I emphasize study, uh, similar to the proportional discovery as well as the uh, regulatory change uh, issues, is the compensation of court-appointed defense counsel. Uh, And this really kind of ties to the bar's efforts in regulating the profession when it comes to competency, uh, when it comes to a lawyer's caseload and things of that nature. But um, the, the primary thought is just you know to study what role, if any, the state bar can play in supporting fair compensation of lawyers who are appointed to represent indigent criminal defendants. Uh, of course, I don't know how many of you have paid attention to the news out there about uh, an attorney out in Missouri that was disciplined because it was a public defender uh, who was disciplined because he essentially could not pay appropriate attention yeah. to the cases that were being appointed yeah. to him. The court found that he had violated uh, both the diligence and communications uh, rules of the rules of professional conduct. Right, and the court was, uh, you know, was I think was aware of the situation that the attorney was facing, and that all these cases were being appointed to him, and he couldn't really reject them in his position. Uh, but um, uh, but it still is something where ultimately clients were being neglected. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that we're going to take a look at, just the, the compensation of court-appointed defense counsel. Are we getting the best folks uh, that can adequately represent uh, those that are in need of uh, criminal defense services? Uh, and, and what it, role yeah. the bar can play? Are there enough people on the list uh, in order to not bog down those that are on the list to, to lead them to an issue like that lawyer in Missouri? Right, right. So uh, that's, the, that's the kind of an overview of the issue that have been proposed for study uh, in 2020 by the State Bar Council. Uh, the um, I think we'll just keep on moving along yeah, here. We're almost through. So the uh, the other where there's a number of other committees that we are skipping over. Just in case you ever see a schedule of the state bar quarterly meeting, there's a lot of different things that are discussed. Uh, but um, we're just trying to hit some of the highlights now. One of the primary responsibilities that the state bar has in regulating the profession is determining what the appropriate standard is for a lawyer's professional responsibility. And that's primarily done through the Ethics Committee. Now, the Ethics Committee dealt with a number of different issues, but we really just want to highlight one. And that is the proposed opinion that is being published over this next quarter uh, that we, once again, are going to be soliciting feedback on. Uh, Yeah, we don't always get a lot of comment from our proposed ethics opinions. There's actually... 
I would say we almost get no comment. Uh, sometimes I think in the last year, Brian, isn't it something less than 10 comments we received in all of our That's ethics right. opinions that yeah. for and the we ones had we some published good opinions yeah. last year, we had, and who didn't want to talk about Bitcoin and nobody wanted to talk about whether a lawyer can receive virtual currency. Nobody yeah. wanted to offer a comment, uh, disagreeing with the ethics committee stance that you can't have sex with opposing counsel while you're in ongoing litigation. No one wanted to send that into the bar. Yeah. I don't think anybody wanted to admit to that, but nevertheless, uh, we do want to hear your feedback even if you think that after reading an opinion the state bar got it right that's a helpful uh thing to hear from from our perspective so we have a we have a pretty juicy one uh not it's not sex drugs and rock and roll but it's it's something that i think a lot of lawyers are going to care about and we really would be interested in the lawyers comments uh you know i can sum it up just from being an outsider Uh, you know, doesn't it essentially amounts to what is a lawyer? What is a lawyer able to do within the the ethical standards uh, in response to a client's comments on online uh, right. internet comments, whether it's on Google reviews or something? Uh, how can a lawyer respond? Uh, uh, can a lawyer respond? What can a lawyer say that it remains uh, within their ethical boundaries? That's right. That's that's the the big issue, and we've all seen it. We go on Google. We go on Yelp. We go on Facebook, you see somebody pops onto your professional website or or social media account and they say things that that are just negative about the services that they receive from you or or whatever else that they want to complain about Uh, and get this question as ethics staff a fair amount. What can I as a lawyer do in responding to this uh, this negative review? Uh, so we have an opinion out there now that is uh, being published in the State Bar Journal. It's going to be on the State Bar's website over the next quarter. And the opinion essentially says that a lawyer can post a proportional and restrained response to a negative online review, but the lawyer may not disclose confidential client information. So I would encourage you all to read the opinion. Uh, there's a lot of different... Doesn't it have to be in meme form or GIF form? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, can, you can use memes. Uh, emojis are, yeah. are outside the scope yeah. of the no rules. No poop emojis? Yeah, no Is poop that a violation? Emo- <laughs> I don't think we're going to say poop emojis in our podcast. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, we, uh, we're, we're essentially trying to, to give some guidance out there. And, and the interesting thing is that a number of other jurisdictions have already addressed this. Uh, so um, we are uh, essentially uh, looking at their analysis, conducting our own analysis, and uh, coming out with this, this response or this, this particular answer uh, that, uh, that you can post a proportional and reasoned or a restrained response, uh, but you can't disclose cl- confidential client information. I think that's going to be uh, – maybe we'll get – maybe five or six good comments on that one. I would love to hear your comments. I know there are some folks that want to say, you know, listen, if somebody says something false about me on, on the internet, then I want to respond with the facts about that client's case or the way that somebody acted or the fact that, that they say I didn't give them good services. Well, I got three of the five charges dismissed. Uh, and, and I want to tell everybody exactly what happened, but Again, we read the opinion. I think you'll you'll see the analysis. And if you think we got it right, I'd love to hear it. If you think we got it wrong, I'd love to That's hear right. it. So the moment everyone's been waiting for is the information about our grievance statistics for the past quarter. Brian, do you have those hot off the presses? I do have those statistics. So of the past quarter, the grievance committee considered 275 total files. Of those 275, 219 files were dismissed. 12 lawyers received letters of warning, 
Eight lawyers received admonitions. Three lawyers received reprimands. Three lawyers received censures. And seven lawyers were referred to the Disciplinary Hearing Commission. Of those seven lawyers referred to the DHC, that actually comprised 10 different files that the bar had received. Uh, so those files will be heard by the Disciplinary Hearing Commission. Uh, also of note, two lawyers were referred to the Lawyer Assistance Program, and four lawyers were referred to the Trust Accounting Compliance Program. I think the numbers are uh, about in line with... Um with past quarters, uh, about 80% of cases were dismissed, which is important to note, um, both because uh, I think that is one of those kind of um, legend, urban legend myth kind of things out there where that there's a conspiracy against lawyers across the state when really 80% of the grievances that we deal with are ultimately dismissed. But uh, the fact that there are seven lawyers referred to the Disciplinary Hearing Commission in one quarter also shows that the bar does take seriously those lawyers that need to be uh, removed or disciplined in the profession, suspended in some way. Um, I, I, we're, we're always trying to strike the, that balance, and I think the, these stats kind of show uh, consistently what the state bar does. Agreed. Well, uh, that should do it for our first uh, edition of Bar Talk here, the January quarterly meeting edition. Look for future uh, episodes uh, to come out, hopefully some little short uh, one-off episodes to explain uh, different topics around the state bar, uh, but we were uh, happy that you would join us and, and hear us explain everything that happened at the quarterly meeting, and we hope to see you uh, at a future meeting or uh, just to hear comments from you from the opinions that are posted in the journal and on Submit our website. Submit those comments. Submit those comments. We'll we want to hear from you. Uh, otherwise, this is uh, Peter and Brian signing off from Bar Talk.